last 12 months, I have had the absolute good fortune to fall headfirst into a world of locally made food. There's something about working in the world of craft beer that opens doors to so many other theaters of culinary achievement. And within those, I've been lucky enough to get my hands on fresh baked donuts. There's none of this par-baked crap from big chains. I'm talking fresh, chewy, sweet, or savory, made with love, mm-mm good, melt-in-your-mouth, world-class donuts. And all along the way, my wife keeps talking about these mythical, hard-to-get, hard-to-find donuts, these sourdough donuts by Everyday Kitchen. They were blowing the socks off hipsters and foodies alike. Personally, I treat locally baked donuts like Pokemon. You gotta catch them all. And then I found myself hanging out in a friend's basement. And I was telling this guy I just met, like, trying to get my hands on these hard-to-find sourdough donuts. And my wife's been raving about it for over a year. And he turns to me and he goes, that's my wife. She makes those. I'll send her a text message and we'll get some to you. And that's Katie Schmelinski. And she's the creative force behind the Everyday Kitchen. And I'm super happy I get to have her on the podcast today. Katie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that's so funny. It's such like, a That's my wife. Did you know that was my husband? I had no idea. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was busy working. Yeah. And I was just kind of sitting back having a beer. And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to get my hands on these donuts. <laughs> I had no idea. That's amazing. I thought, I thought maybe you knew... Have you ever met him before? That was the first time I met oh, him. Oh, amazing. Well, yeah, it's nice to know someone who knows someone. <laughs> <laughs> and the word's out. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so before we go down the rabbit hole of donuts, yeah. let's talk about what we're drinking today. Kombucha. Good spirit kombucha. Good spirit kombucha. I love it. Which one did you settle on? I picked ginger. I love starting with a classic flavor first. I find ginger to be like a classic kombucha flavor. Is it? Yeah. I picked grape vanilla. Have you tried it before? Cheers. Cheers. No, I haven't. Oh. Which one have you tried before? I've had their root beer. Okay. And I think that's it. <laughs> I just keep going back to the root Are beer. Are you much of a kombucha drinker? Not really. Not I'm really? Mostly into beer. beer. <laughs> I've had Rebellion's kombucha, um, Good Spirits, and a few others at the farmer's market. Yeah. But it's not something I chase. Right. But you... I love kombucha. I've been drinking it for years. I made it for a couple of years, but then I got burnt out because I was doing too much at home. So then I just buy it now from some amazing local people. So you had that gross scoby. Scoby. In your <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. That's for sure. How big did it get? Um, it kind of grows to the vessel that you brew in. So I brewed for a couple of friends, and I had a big. I don't know, like. I don't know, like two gallon. So probably a good foot across I'd say got went all the way around the top of the of the big brewing vessel that I used so I'm not saying I was a pro at it but it was really good making it at home and it's way cheaper but it's a lot of work <laughs> how did uh, yours come out was it like tart or sour um, I it depended on the season I found but I really I like it when it's like super fizzy and sometimes I could get it super fizzy it's kind of it's called the second ferment. I'm not here to talk about kombucha, though. I'm not a kombucha expert. I just really, really like it. <laughs> <laughs> I probably drink it almost every day, kombucha. So now you've had a few sips of the ginger. So good. Verdict? Love it. Recommend it to everyone. Definitely recommend it. I love the bottles, too. 
just a standard brown beer bottle. like I'm drinking beer and I don't drink beer, so. <laughs> <laughs> the grape vanilla is very nice. Yeah. It's actually um, not a very aggressive kombucha. I find this to be very laid back. Nice. I've had much more. Like stronger? Yeah, they got like some stank to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first time you try kombucha, you can be like, ooh, what is that <laughs> flavor? I would recommend this. Thumbs up. Definitely. Me too. And it's locally made. They're right here. Yeah, that's amazing. In the city. They're good at what they do. So let's get on to donuts. Sure. How did Everyday Kitchen kind of start? Oh man, um, I since we got married, Mark always laughs because before I got married about nine years ago, I never did anything in the kitchen. I never made any food. I would bake for my siblings growing up, but Mark, my husband, had never tasted anything I'd ever cooked or baked before. And then right after we got married and I got into my own space, I just like had this, I don't know, deep-seated desire to figure some things out in the kitchen. So I started baking and cooking. And he was like, he thought he would be doing all the cooking for our entire marriage because I never cooked. And so I just started experimenting in the kitchen and starting created some baking recipes. So that would have been back in 2009. We lived in a tiny apartment and I just would bake in my spare time. And then um, I created some really tasty recipes. Um, the one in particular that I created was a ginger snap cookie with lemon cream cheese icing. So that cookie was like in my smaller circle was like really, really popular. So I named myself the Ginger Snap. That was in 2011, but I wasn't ever planning on starting a business for baking. I just actually did a fundraiser for a good friend of ours. And my husband, Mark, was like, why don't we just invest money to ingredients instead of just giving her the money we were going to give her? And he's like, then we could probably like quadruple the money that we were going to give her. So I was like, that's a great idea. So then I took the money we were going to give her, put it into ingredients and ran a fundraiser, a baking fundraiser for her. We made a couple thousand dollars that month. And I just, after work every day, I would just bake. I think I had like four or five recipes I was making at that time. And so we made a bunch of money. This is just like going back way, how it all started. And then we made a bunch of money, but then the fundraiser ended and people kept asking me to put their orders in for birthdays and stuff like that. And I was feeling this weird angst because I wasn't fundraising anymore and I felt weird taking people's money. If they didn't know it wasn't going to a fundraiser. So then I just made a quick website, got a name. I think I, reg I registered the name in Saskatchewan. Got some business cards made and then just ran as the ginger snap as a seasonal baker for, I don't know, five years. So then fast forward, I was working full time. I had my son, decided to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, had a co rough couple years after my first son was born. Um, stopped doing a lot of things I loved to do. And then kind of felt like I lost myself and just didn't know what I was up to in life. Because parenting is really hard, especially when you're locked in a house all day with a little human who just takes everything from you. So um, at about a year and a half after he was born, uh, Mark bought me a cookbook. It was all about pastries and like bread and sourdough bread. And it was just so fascinating to me because it was so complicated and I'm not a trained baker in any way. But I just took a lot of time to just read that cookbook over and over and I was intrigued to start baking again so about two years ago I started like practicing making pastries and pastry cinnamon buns and blah 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 blah. so it got me back into the kitchen and then I decided that I kind of wanted to re-bring my business back to life because um, my son was almost two at that point so I was like yeah 
I can get started again. So um, I wanted to rebrand because a lot of the way we eat at home is not just like your typical sugar and treats, which I, I can enjoy once in a while, but it's not like my, my heartbeat. I'm not like, I want to eat cake all the time. Like I'm very much, how can I produce items that are good for me that I feel good about giving my kids? So then I decided to just become the everyday. I just had the name. I wanted to incorporate everyday into it because I'm like, this is my everyday life. Literally, it was me experimenting with recipes with my two-year-old sitting on a bench beside me. We would just like do it every afternoon because the worst part of being a stay-at-home mom I found was waiting for that like three o'clock hump till dad got home. So I was like, what can we do to kill time? So we would just bake every afternoon. So I was like, what do we do every day? So then I'm like, this is my everyday kitchen and I'm just bringing it to people. So I was gonna relaunch that. I got someone to write me a logo. I was just gonna relaunch as um, a blog, like kind of just like how I do life with my kids, how I do um, life experimenting with recipes and I'm huge I'm a huge nerd and a huge geek people call me have called me hippie for years but I know that's more of a general term now where people eat healthy because of lots there's lots more options now but I was just into some things where people are like what are you doing so I just <laughs> wanted to be able to bring some of the different ways I viewed food into people's world and it not be so overwhelming because a lot of times I find that people um, they would look at the things I was doing to like produce a healthier item and be like, oh, it's too hard for me or I can't afford it or I can't do it. And I'm like, no, we just have like, you can buy bulk honey here or you can do this. And they're like, what? I never heard of that. And I'm like, it's totally accessible. So for me, that was kind of like my heart, heartbeat and my passion. So I rebranded to the Everyday Kitchen. Um, I was going to start like building a website, building a blog. And then at the same time, I started developing my sourdough donut recipe. Yeah. Um, Mark, my husband, had a friend over for a Super Bowl party. And I was like, I'm going to make a sourdough donut. And he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try. And it was like pretty decent, but thinking back, pretty awful. But it was like, oh my goodness, like this is really great. And I love sourdough because it just makes the, um, the item just so much easier to digest. So that's what just intrigued me about sourdough. So I was like, oh, I'll make a sourdough donut. Um, and it tasted good, but it needed a ton of work. So I just had this deep-seated passion to figure out this recipe. I don't know if it was just like getting me like deciding to get out of my like couple year funk. So I just spent like two, three months almost every day just like figuring out this recipe um, like hours and hours and hours, like hundreds of hours of figuring it out because it's like a 48 hour process and there's like, I could totally geek out. There's like four fermentation times that could vary between two and 12 hours. So I had so much data to collect, like what was working, what wasn't. Um, in the meantime, my old following from the Ginger Snap, I would post them on there, just like, who wants to try these? And they all tried them, and then all my friends and family tried them, and they're like, what the heck are these things? And so then they all shared them with their friends, and then a couple people got their hands on them who had a bit of a following online. When they posted about them, at that point, I didn't even have an Instagram page, so I was like, what? I have to create an Instagram. So then um, I just like threw some pictures up on Instagram, and then the whole city of Regina, not well, the whole, I still have quite, I don't know, Lots of people in Regina were like, wanted to try them. And then that's the a really long way of saying that's how I came about, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so the sourdough was serendipity. Yes. Like people say to me, why, why are you wanting to start a donut business? And I said, I had no intentions of starting a donut business. <laughs> it just, I created something that nobody else made. And then donuts are 
the new cupcake, I guess, but they have a long, more longevity than a cupcake, in my opinion. But it just happened at the right time where people are interested in this new donut, artisanal donut craze, and I fit into that. And so then, yeah, just the, the hype grew, I guess. You look at regular donuts, cake donuts or yep. the leaven donuts, what's the difference sourdough brings? Uh, sourdough means that it's 100% naturally fermented and it has no commercial yeast. So the difference that that brings is that the natural fermenting yeast in a sourdough starter um, breaks down, it's like kombucha, it has like ferment, like probiotic properties to it. So you, you take the active starter and you feed the flour. So like you, you create a dough what happens is that it just breaks down the proteins in the gluten and it breaks them down and it just creates something that's way easier for your body to digest. Um, you can get, there's a lot of like more technical terms and lots of geeky information out there, but in simple terms, it breaks down the gluten, which provides an item or any food like sourdough bread or anything, anything fermented, kombucha, sourdough, makes it easier for your body to absorb all of the nutrients. Hmm. Yeah. I personally, eat sourdough for breakfast because when I'm having regular commercial bread, yes. it gives me a bad stomach ache. I'm That's lactose why. intolerant. Yeah. Or I have to make it myself at home just so I know exactly what went into my bread yeah. so I don't get sick. When I ate your donuts, it was a different experience. It was like chewy but still light. Yep. But by the time I was like, I'm going to eat the second donut, I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm super full. Like cool. This is a present yes. donut full of flavor. It is, it is different. It's, it has, um, I've, I've worked for two years really hard to get it more, like to keep working at bringing just the perfect texture to it. It is so reliant on humidity, temperature, so many variables that as I learn it, like people laugh, like learn and get to know my starter, I've been able to produce like a, a bit more of like that fluffier texture, but it, it kind of has like a yeast cake blend. Like, it isn't like either one, but it's not like a super fluffy yeast donut, and it's not like a super dense cake donut. It's kind of like meats in the middle is the way I describe it. It has a nice chew. Yeah, it has it. And the dough itself, like um, my favorite way to eat it and Mark's is just to eat them plain because there's very little sugar in the actual dough, and it's just a very unique tasting dough in itself. And so we just like to eat them plain because we're not super huge sugar people. So plain is just like, it's so good. I'm going to geek out with you a bit, a little bit on the science, because yeah. we talk about yeast a lot in brewing. We talk a little bit about sours, because we have some sour ales. Yeah. Where did you source your starter from? I actually have the owner of Body Fuel Organics, um, just kind of have a bit of a friendship with her through years. And I was shopping there one day, and I said, like, do you, do you know anyone in the, because she would have been like the same wavelength as me years ago um said like do you know where i can get a sourdough starter because lots of people have them it's just finding someone to share it with you she's like oh yeah i actually have some in the back it's i think at that point i don't want to exaggerate i don't know like nine years old or something that they had like kept you just have to keep feeding it to keep it al alive and i was like oh awesome well so i just purchased like a little bit of starter from her and that's the starter that now makes these sourdough donuts one time mark accidentally washed out my sourdough bowl which meant i didn't have a sourdough starter anymore so that's how i run my business is with my sourdough starter so then i actually sourced a different sourdough starter from somebody else and it just didn't um it was like i would have had to relearn my recipe because it was so different 
Um, it picks up on the different bacteria and cultures from the air. So this had been in a completely different environment and it just functioned so differently. So then I went back and I got my original starter. So she was nice enough to help yeah, so you then, restart. Yeah, so I've shared like my sourdough starter with like anyone who asks, any customer of mine who asks, I just send them home in a little container of sourdough starter and tell you how to feed it. So I know there's a bank in Europe where they have companies who basically pay them to store their starters, what? keep them alive and save them for them. In case there's like a fire or a flood or an earthquake and it burns down everything and they lose it all, they still have their starter. I might need to look into that. Yeah. <laughs> I always am wondering like, oh, what if something happened to my starter? So, so interesting. So brewers use it, bakers use it, French patisserie guys, like they're, they're hardcore. No way. Yeah, there have been businesses who have completely burned to the ground, nothing left, not even a stick to pick up, and they go to the bank, the yeast bank or the sourdough bank, and they pick up their stuff and they start over again. That's legitimately amazing. I'd love to visit that place. <laughs> <laughs> they might make you wear a mask. And they might make you, in. totally. <laughs> but yeah, every time the season changes, I have to, like from summer to winter, winter to fall, I have to rework my processes based on the temperature of my of my where I'm working and and everything so so it's like playing a piano in a room that might have carpet versus playing yep. a piano in a, a room that has hardwood yep you're gonna get different notes different sounds yeah it's very, it's very <laughs> interesting I have to think to myself why can't I just make a regular old donut but then I'm like I appreciate the end result it just has required a lot of learning on my part which in the end is just super rewarding for me it's a craft. Totally. It's it's an art to it. There's a reason people are willing to maybe spend a little bit extra because they're getting that experience. Yeah. And it, behind that, they can know that knowledge and that effort. Yeah, like it's weird for me to tell people. I actually just showed someone like my entire process from start to finish I never have before. And she's was a, a regular customer of mine and she's like, I had no idea the type of work that went into the donut that I got on a Friday. Like I say to people... The donut you're eating right now started like on a Wednesday morning and you're eating it on a Wednesday afternoon because it takes that long for the product to like ferment properly and like be filled with that, all that flavor. It's, it's, if people really knew what went into it, they're, and when we have friends over or whatever and I'm showing people part of the process, they're just, they're amazed by it and I'm shocked because I'm like, but I've been doing it every day for so long that for me it's just normal, but it's not normal. Like the process is not normal and I think I'm not normal. So I think that's what I appreciate about my product so much is I'm giving you a product that you legitimately cannot find in very few places of the world. And I find that to be extremely satisfying. Did you say you were the only baker in North America regularly using sourdough donuts? There are no, like in, in North America, there's not a donut shop that runs full time with sourdough donuts. Um, in Vancouver, there's one store called Lucky's Donuts that sells one sourdough donut. Like they have a donut shop and they sell one sourdough donut. And then just from what I've gathered online, there's one, there's two people in the, in the Yukon doing a little kind of pop-up business like I am with sourdough and one other person in Australia I've connected with that does like a pop-up sourdough. But for like a dedicated sourdough donut shop, there's like maybe one, I know there's one in London, I think, but also, um, a lot of people who do use sourdough um, in like a in a shop setting do a blend of because of the inconsistencies of the natural yeast they do a blend commercial yeast and sourdough blend, which I could see why they do that because it's so much more have a little bit more stability. But I've never done that. I've just 
just kept working, working, working on my recipe. So it's 100% natural. You're committed to the tightrope. I'm just full on in. Like to me, I'm like, if I'm going to do it, I'm crazy enough. I'll just figure it out and just keep learning and getting better at it. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That reminds me of our barrel age program. Yeah. We have a sour Flanders and it only comes out once a year and it's very limited. Because it's so much work. So much work. Yeah. And I see the guys working with the barrels and they're constantly testing and tasting. And it's not a matter of it'll be ready at Tuesday at five o'clock. Yeah. It's it's ready when Dave says it's ready, when Dave and his taste buds say it's perfect. Say it's ready. Yeah. yeah. It's like So when does it come out? It just came out. Oh, just so do you always do it in like late fall or does it just depend on when you get it started? It depends when Dave says. Oh. <laughs> it's a kind of Dave a Dave makes window. the call. <laughs> yeah. Dave and Mark will be tasting it throughout the year and they'll be keeping an eye on it. Maybe they'll oh, have to. Oh, you brew it all through the year. It's in barrels for over months. Oh my goodness. Months. That's amazing. See, that's the type it. of thing that I'm like, I'm, they're committed to that and I love that. That's <laughs> awesome. It's, it's really, really hard to make and some people don't understand. They're like, well, why does this bottle cost a little bit more than this one it's like, oh, those huh. people are dumb they bother me <laughs> i tell them to, if people say that i say just go to tim hortons if that's what you want just don't bother me <laughs> <laughs> well we, we also feel that i think people still have a long way to go in terms of seeing what else is out there and definitely like i said for the last 12 months has been like my donut journey yeah <laughs> where i got to go to beaks chicken sounds pretty epic <laughs> I didn't get this belly by accident, you know, like, what's that one where they say that abs aren't great, but hey, how about beer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about donuts, too. Yeah. <laughs> Paul from Beak's Chicken, he has one with, like, a really nice snap, a crunch on the yeah. outside, and he does all these crazy toppings, and then D from Cookie Lady, and then yours was, like, the final, like, that golden ticket, and I just couldn't get it, and, like, here, Chocolate Factory opened up all the candy bars, yeah. and where's that, where's that golden ticket, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and they're just hard. If anyone on listening doesn't know why they're hard to get, I'm I am a, like a full time stay at home mom. So then I only because they take forty eight hours to make, and the min that comes with it, I just make them on Fridays. So I post them and then they go quick. So then they're like the coveted try and get in on time. And you had a line up when I went there. Like I was in there in and out quick. Yeah. And you had a line up before you were even ready to go. I don't I don't do pop-ups very often because of the finding babysitters for my kids and needing my husband's help blah 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 blah. but when I do pop-ups yeah then there's um, it depends on like the time of the day or when you do it but lots of times there's when I show up there's been people waiting for half an hour and and if I get there early then they stare at me while I wait to set up (laughs) (laughs) no but I love I love doing pop-ups I love meeting the customers it's just a lot harder so I've created a just a business that works well for being home with the kids. So I just, I do, like I just wholesale to the coffee shop to 33 and a third on Fridays and then um, just send boxes there to get picked up. So yeah, I just run a bit of a different system that just works so perfect for my lifestyle right now. It's kind of just the most hilarious thing that came about and it's just fun. What's your favorite donut story so far? I'm sure donut you've got, story. I'm sure, you've got a million. What do you mean donut story? What's what's your favorite memory? You're sitting back with Mark at the end of a busy day, and you're like, "Oh, this was a good time. This this happened." Uh, I think actually one of my highlights is that there there is one sourdough donut shop in Dublin, and friends of ours just happened to be in Dublin and tried them and then they came home and realized they're like oh 
you make sourdough donuts and they tried mine and I don't know I don't know I can't vouch for them but they said that they liked mine better than theirs and I was like oh my goodness because nobody no no nobody has a reference for a sourdough donut they're not like oh it tastes like doesn't taste like this guy's because it's like nobody makes them like I say if you want to get a sourdough donut you have to go to Vancouver or London or Dublin so it's just to hear actually have someone taste one from somewhere else it's like a dream I'm like I want to taste the sourdough donut and they came home and tasted mine and they said they liked mine better so for me I thought that was pretty neat that was a good piece yeah. of validation yeah <laughs> you're blogging but it's not just donuts right it's, it's other recipes yeah so what I would love to be doing it just takes so much time is to just share every ounce of knowledge that I've just been pursuing for the last nine years of just like our health journey and the foods that we love to eat and the recipes I've developed so whenever I have a chance I like a lot of times I don't have it written down exactly what I do so now what I'm working on is like actually writing down my recipes so that I can share them on my blog for anybody to make I, I just decided that I'll share every, every any recipe I have ever used or loved and I'll just keep my sourdough donut recipe um, the secret, I guess, and then everything else I'll share. So that's what I, I love to share the recipes. I just find between like the making donuts and being with my kids that that's kind of on like the, the next thing. But that's what I would love to do is create some more time so I could just start sharing more of all the recipes and tips and things that I love. So is bricks and mortar in your future? Is this something you're looking to expand? Maybe open up a, sh a store. You know what? That would be amazing. I just, I just don't know. <laughs> it's so, um, it just, it's such an interesting season with small children. I know you have kids, so it just, we'll see how the next couple of years play out. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> They're hellions, but I think you are on to something that is super special and unique, and I'd be totally down for supporting that in whatever capacity you could. You should be on Dragon's Den. I should be pitching. on Dragon's Den. Yeah. I'll give them some of my starter. They just kidding, because then they pass them out something. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. You, you get a, dra a dragon having a donut, eating it in yes, front of you. Yes, definitely. They're going to taste the difference. Some of them already have Saskatchewan connections. Yeah, it's true. You know, I don't know. I've never thought about it. I love watching Dragon's Den, so. You know how they have those Montreal delis? Yeah. It's like, oh, you got to go to so-and-so's deli in Montreal. Yeah. It's the place to be. Yours could be like, you got to go to Schmolinski's Donuts. Oh, my goodness. Regina. I wouldn't call it that. Our last name is not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Schmolinski Donuts. No. I just teased yeah, it. No, it could be the everyday The kitchen. sourdough Schmolinski. That's what I'll call it. Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you. That would, it definitely would be, they're a, a destination. They're, a, they're a, a, just something interesting to have because not very many people make them so yeah like tourism saskatchewan should have a little pin on the map for you and just be like look it's really rare it's like the sun comes up sets you might be able to get some but if you can you're in regina get some oh thank you the my most favorite comment from people is they're like oh i get sour cream donuts from tim hortons that's what they say because they think sourdough means like sour cream donuts they hear that a lot and i'm like well i'm like they're not sour cream donuts they're sourdough and they're like what because they don't like if they're part of me want it's tricky because like i could i'm not going to geek out like this is kind of nice to talk like this but if someone engage actually wants to engage in conversation about my process it's like so fun because i'm like how much so I'm, what I'm working on is just being able to be more present even just like online to show you like the behind the scenes of like every every aspect I put into the donut because everything I make every topping I make is I make it myself so like I just made Nutella yesterday and sipping it in my Vitamix and 
and all the there's so much I can geek out with people. So I, well, I was reading your blog. It it very much feels like it's a perspective from you. It doesn't feel like this fake corporate thing. Oh, good. It doesn't feel like <laughs> washed. You know, it feels very raw, and I like that. It was like, oh, this is actually authentically Katie bringing it to the blog. Well, that's that's all I would ever hope that you would never get anything washed or corporate <laughs> from me. <laughs> Where can people find your donuts? Um, you can find me online, um, which then you will be able to find donuts. So you follow me on uh, social, The Everyday Kitchen, at The Everyday Kitchen on Instagram, and you search um, Everyday Kitchen or on Facebook, you can find me that way as well. Um, and then through there, I link to my website, which is theeverydaykitchen.ca. So that's where I post all my recipes, and I'm gonna be posting a lot more content on there as the years go, the year 2019 comes, I have lots of planned. Um, but I have, a, I have a shop online, and I post, all the, I post on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. So that's the only thing you need to know. Um, and I post my, web, my website shop goes live at 8 p.m. You place an order for a box of donuts that you pick up on Friday. So I make donuts every Friday. I send donuts to 33 and a third coffee roasters on 15th Avenue at noon every Friday. So you can pick up donuts there. They don't have to be pre-ordered. They just sell them there. I wholesale them. And then if you're looking to order your own box, it's guaranteed I can pick this up. You go to my website, 8 p.m. on Tuesdays, and you can pick them up on Friday. So Deadly. Yeah, that's how you can find me. <laughs> well, Katie, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. I had so much fun. <laughs> Thank you. Rebels, thanks for tuning in this week. If you want to find out the latest news about Rebellion Brewing, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Untapped. I'm going to include links to all of the Everyday Kitchen in the show notes below, and just check it out. It's worth your time. Thank you for joining the Rebellion. Rebellion.